Hey, everybody. Welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. How many want to hear from the Lord tonight? Like, the reason we um, do things like we did tonight, we're just... We are over, we are so over the days where we do, where church is like three songs, a 20-minute message, all packaged in one hour, and we leave not changing and not looking like Jesus anymore. We're just over that. We've been over that for years. That's why we worship so long. Uh, That's why we mix things up. That's why when we get up here, literally our mission is to deliver a, on, an on-time word from God to his church. That's the mission. Not to, not to download an awesome message from uh, fire.com or whatever, I don't know. Um, but that's literally our mission. Aren't you glad? Don't you want to leave here looking more like Jesus? How many know if we come to church and we're in worship and we're having a super emotional time, but we leave the exact same, we didn't actually encounter him? We don't want that. We don't want that. But how many know encounters, we can't manufacture an encounter ourselves. We can't manufacture revelation ourselves. It's up to him. But we can position ourselves to receive those things. Right? We, we can. And so that's what we're after tonight, Lord Jesus. We've come to position ourselves before you as kindling. Kindling for the fire of your Holy Spirit. Lord, as guests at your table. Oh, come on, would you just posture your heart towards him tonight? Come on, we don't want to leave here the same, do we? I don't know about you. I didn't, I didn't come to just do a church thing and then go home. No, Lord Jesus, we desperately want you. Just tell him in your own words tonight. Just tell him how much you want him. In your own words. Jesus, we long for you. Oh God, I remember the days when we would come here in 2020, right before COVID happened. I remember the tangibility of your presence. Lord, I remember that. I remember when we were in worship and people would flood the altars and fall on their faces and weep before you without even being invited, without being prompted. Lord, I remember, Lord, I remember standing up front in worship and seeing this tall, burly man, taller than me, wider than me, bigger than me, tougher than me, go up to the front in worship, fall on his face before you and weep without anybody even giving him the invitation. God, only you can do that. Lord, I remember those sweet times in your presence when people would be lingering here until 11 o'clock at night not wanting to leave just because you were here. Oh, Lord, there's no lights or projector or fog machine that can do what you can do. Would you just remind yourself of the times that you've spent in the presence of the Lord? Think back, go back right now. Just go back to the, to the most precious time you've ever had with him. Close your eyes if they're not closed already and go back there. Remember that and just begin to thank him from that place. Come on. Some of you, you have been so dry for so long and you're just desperate to have your heart be soft again. Tonight's your night. Go back to that place. Remember Revelation, it said, return to your first love. Go back to the first works. Maybe it was when you first gave your life to him. Maybe it was when you had a dream that melted your heart. Maybe it was during worship. Maybe it was here at the altar. Maybe it was in your car. Oh God, we remember tonight. We will not be like the Israelites and forget the works that you've done. We remember tonight. Oh Lord, we remember tonight. Just thank him. Just thank him. Come on, you don't need a spiritual cheerleader, do you? You don't need a piano or something. Come on. 
Oh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We haven't come here to do just religious works. We're in love with you. Oh, but some of our hearts are sick tonight, and we need, we need your healing. We want to fall more in love with you. Oh, we want to be desperate for you, more desperate for you than for dinner. More desperate for you than a vacation. Oh, God. Oh, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we don't want to, we refuse to settle for anything less than you. Nothing is more valuable than you. No one is more precious than you. Lamb of God. Oh, thank you, Lord. You're wonderful. You're wonderful. Oh, you're wonderful. I even just feel like the Lord wants to take, it's like he wants to take us to a brand new level. Sometimes, you know, we say things like, you know, I want to go back to that encounter. No, he's got a new one. He's got a new one. Thank, thank him for that encounter without question. But that becomes the bedrock for the next. <sighs> thank you, Lord, for new wine. Oh, thank you, Lord, for new wine. Thank you for new wineskins. Put your hand on your heart and say, Lord, I want a new wineskin. I don't want to settle for the old. I want everything you have for me. I don't want to miss out. I repent of complacency. I repent of apathy. Say, Lord Jesus, give me a fresh revelation of your blood, of your finished work. I ask for a fresh encounter with your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, amen. Wow. I remember when I was young, um, my mom was a supervisor or a manager, I don't remember which, at a Christian bookstore in Kansas City. That's where I'm from originally. And uh, I don't remember the name of the store, but she, uh, she, remember, maybe they still do this, take your child to work day. Is that still a thing? It's not? Take your child to work day? Is that child labor laws? I don't know. Um, I remember my mom, she took me in one day to uh, this Christian bookstore, and I had never been exposed to, like, worship or music, really, other than church. I was just, I was really young. I was super young, maybe, like, seven or eight, I guess. I don't remember for sure. Mom, you can remind me. But um, we went to work, and she put me in the music department. And so I was in the music department, and my job was to organize the CDs and the cassettes. Anybody remember the cassettes? You... Gosh, I'm 30, so I can say stuff like that. Man, I used to be, used to be like you, Colton, believe it or not. <laughs> A-track, you lost me, Dave. <laughs> um, never saw one of those. <laughs> I have seen vinyls, though, and they're coming back. So does that mean cassettes are coming back? Maybe not, I don't know. Anyway, I was in the music department, and I was, like, organizing all the CDs just right, and somehow they, they had this big kiosk, and uh, the kiosk had the, kind of all the new releases there, and you could go over the screen and pick to listen to certain songs, and they had music videos and stuff. And um, so I was checking it out, and somehow I stumbled upon a, a CD by Stephen Curtis Chapman, and it was the dot, or it was the Speechless album. You guys remember that? Oh man! All of a sudden, God, in that moment, I was standing at this kiosk, but I must have been standing somewhere else, man, because it was like God shot an arrow into my heart. Because it was so funny, the song "Dive." Does anybody remember that song, Dive? Dude, that song, I was like, this guy, Stephen Chris Chapman, he's the coolest guy I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Way cooler than Trent Green, who was the quarterback of the Chiefs, I think, at the time. Doesn't matter. But I was like, man, Stephen Chris Chapman, this is awesome. And this song, it was like I became infected, you know? So all of a sudden, I'm like, Mom, I got to buy this CD, you know? Or, well, you got to buy it, because I don't, <laughs> you're not paying me. 
Um, so anyway, she bought me the CD, and all of a sudden, I became lovesick um, for Jesus in a way that, like, I wasn't before, and it was through worship. It was through music. And um, anyway, as I was going through that, I mean, why am I talking about this right now? It doesn't matter. But I was, uh, I, it was like, I don't remember which CD that was in his career. It was a few after he had started. But then I started, like, every single time a CD came out, I'd buy it. And um, in fact, my, I went, my very first concert uh, was in Kansas City at the Starlight Theater. It was outside. And uh, it was his Declaration of Dependence album. Does anybody remember that one? Oh, okay. Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> Speechless was way cooler, I guess. Um, but his Declaration of uh, Dependence. I mean, we just celebrated the Declaration of Independence. His album was about our Declaration of Dependence on God. And it was amazing how all the lyrics in that song became like a fabric in my DNA with God. It's important what you li- your kids listen to. Um, anyway, so that was my first album. And I don't, I mean, I, or sorry, my first concert. And I was, we were in the very back. I thought we were going to the zoo because um, the zoo is right next to Starlight Theater, Kansas City Zoo. Uh, they're like, yeah, really close. And uh, we went to get binoculars. And I'm like, why do we, why are we getting binoculars, you know, for the zoo? Like, it's not that, it's literally designed to get closer to the animals, but whatever. Well, turns out it was a surprise uh, to go see Stephen Chris Chapman. So we're in the back and like, I don't really remember anything other than I loved it because he was super like charismatic and energetic and he was just running everywhere. And I remember some guy in a Superman shirt playing bass. But um, something that my dad had said to me who surprised me and took me there, uh, he reminded me this years later, apparently I was going insane at the concert. I was jumping up and down. I was spinning around and I'm yelling and I'm like dancing. I'm like going, I knew where every snare hit was. I knew where every break was gonna be. I knew when the loud part was coming because I had like consumed that album, you know. And anyway, at the end of the concert, it was time to go. And uh, the ladies by us were like, "Uh, can you guys come to our church? We want him in our church. (laughs) So funny, but it was just amazing how God was navigating that in my life at a young age, you know. But um, how many know worship is powerful? It's, well, I, let me rephrase that. Worship in and of itself does nothing because too many Christians worship a lot of other things yet don't experience power. I used to worship football. I didn't experience any power <laughs> at all because we really sucked, the Chiefs. We were just terrible. Um, no, but... Worship is a key that unlocks the awareness of God in our midst. And his nearness is where the power lies. It's not in my song. Are you hearing me? It's not in my song. My song is just, it's just the recipe. It's just the incense that attracts him. So when you worship, it like, it, the Bible literally talks about how your worship and your praise and your prayers convert somehow supernaturally from some natural thing from your lips into incense, into the nose of God. That sounds weird, doesn't it? But it's powerful. So when we gather here, like what we did tonight, man, and even what we're doing now, it's beyond anything in the natural. And I remember Stephen Curtis Chapman, one of his CDs, uh, this is an album, I went back even further because I couldn't get enough, you know. So I went back to Signs of Life. Remember Signs of Life? I think that was, I hope that was the right one. But um, it's so weird to see him now because he's got gray hair and he's old and he's not running around as much. It's so strange. But, uh, but he, uh, and I haven't, anyway, one of his songs was uh, Let Us Pray. And in the chorus, he's like, let us pray, let us pray everywhere and every day. Uh, let us pray every moment of the day. It is the right time. How do I remember this? This is amazing. Um, but then he said, uh, and now I forget, Sam. But he's like, basically he said in the song, he's like, even when we say amen, we're not done. Is essentially like part of the course. I wish I could remember it. But he said, when we say amen, we're not done. So we're not done. We're not done. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Luke chapter seven. I had, like I said, I had something completely different uh, on my heart. But then during worship and even on the way here and earlier today, I was just like, man, God, I'm just like, I'm just so 
desperate for an outpouring of your presence. Like, I just, I want you to do that. Even if I don't preach, I would much rather have that than me preach, you know? I would much rather just us all be filleted at the altar before you than anything. Literally, I mean, this has been my heart like today and tonight. And so then during worship, all of a sudden I was reminded of the story of the woman with the alabaster jar. Just out of nowhere, yeah. What's that? Oh, John 12 and John, yeah. Well, I went, I went to Luke 7 um, and I was reading it and it was just like, my, it was like the Lord just kind of took me back to this, to this scripture and um, I think we should go through it tonight because I was like, man, Lord, what do I do? Do I go with the original plan or do we go with this? Sorry, I'm letting you into my process right now. You probably don't care at all, but this is just what was happening. But uh, as I was, I won't share that part, but um, all of a sudden I found out Dan was telling the story impromptu. You weren't ready, right? Is that how I understood? Okay. <laughs> but you get up and then you share the story about the lady with the alabaster jar, right? Um, yeah, pretty cool. So then I felt like, I was like, well, God, is that the route we should go? So dumb. Lord's like, probably a good idea. Sometimes we're asking God for confirmation and signs and all that. He's like, what more do you want? Oh, God, so we just love you. <laughs> Lord, you're so awesome. You've navigated this perfectly tonight, and you're way better than all of us combined. You're way smarter than all of us, and you're way cooler than our schedules, and you're way more captivating than the very best that we can manufacture. So I pray tonight that you would fillet our hearts. I pray that you would absolutely wreck hearts tonight like only you can do. Lord, not, not from a message and not from any sort of instrument and not from anything other than your tangible presence here in this room with us. God, I pray that our awareness of you would exceed our awareness of the air conditioning. I pray that we would be more aware of you than the person sitting near us. Oh, God, open the eyes of our hearts tonight. Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 36. Are you ready? It says, and just forgive me, like we haven't, we're just all in this together, okay? We don't have any sort of study going on here. We're not prepared. We're just going to let her fly. Sound good? Then one of the Pharisees asked him, talking about Jesus, to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. How many know when you invite him, he comes? And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. Now, Dan, you may have explained this. I wasn't up here for it, so forgive me if I'm uh, repeating him. But at this time, this alabaster flask was super valuable. I think it would still be super valuable. And this fragrant oil was extremely expensive, okay? So she's bringing what you could say is her very best, the best she has to offer. It says that she stood at his feet behind him, weeping. And uh, just so you can imagine the scene, the tables back then weren't the same as what we have now, regardless of what the passion showed you. <laughs> Not funny, that's fine. So... What they had was this table, uh, and in some ways it would look kind of like a horseshoe. So it'd be open in the center so that the servers could come and serve the, the, the tables and, and walk out. And all of the guests would be sitting at the table, but they would be lounging forward. Some, some of these uh, couches would have um, actual, sorry, some of these tables would have couches or benches type things. And then some, they just, the table would be elevated alone and they would have pillows. Um, but either way, they would be leaning forward and they would be leaning on their left side. Which side? Their left side. And they would grab the food with their right hand and they would eat like this. And sometimes, if you're really close with the other person, you'd, you'd feed them like this, right? So that's what they would do. And so, because I remember reading that, I'm like, how could she be standing at his feet? I just don't understand that at all. But now it makes sense. Because as they're leaning towards the table, the feet were out like, I can't really demonstrate much better than this. <laughs> but his, their feet were out and uh, Pharisees and religious leaders at the time, by inviting like a, a rabbi or something to come eat at your house, it was certainly a, a noble thing to do. It, it looked good for them, you know. It was good for their street cred to 
invite a famous preacher over to their house. And what they would often do uh, as well is they would, um, they would leave the invitation, well, not an invitation, but they'd leave the door open and they would allow the poor to come in and sit in there because they're religious leaders. But they, they could come in, but they had to stay on the perimeter. They had to stay away from the table. All right, so you, in other words, if you're poor or if you're whatever, not as cool as them, you can come, but you gotta stick to yourself. Don't bother any of us guests. Just enjoy from the side. Are you with me? Are you, are you, do you feel like you're there a little bit more? Okay. So here she stood at his feet behind him, weeping. She's already breaking protocol. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself. Who did he speak to? Saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. As if he wasn't a sinner, right? Man, I feel the presence of God tonight, just saying. I don't always feel him, but when I do, it's, it's really great. Wouldn't you agree? I don't need to feel him, but when I do, I am very thankful. Isn't it interesting that we've got several people here at this table, but only one recognizes who he really is? Isn't it interesting that the very person that invited him missed him completely? How many know it's possible to come and worship and invite him, but miss him entirely? Because of pride, because of sin, because of anything. It could be anything. It could be offense, as Pastor Char has been preaching about. It could be bitterness. It could just be a misunderstanding. It could be a lot of things. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss him. So this guy had just talked to himself, right? Watch verse 40. And Jesus answered and said to him. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Who did, who did the guy just talk to? To Jesus? No, he talked to himself. But Jesus answered <laughs> and said to him. How many know Jesus knows what you're thinking? Your best thought and your worst thought but he's still willing to engage with you. Isn't he loving? He could have walked up and left and been like, this guy is a loser, I'm out. But how many know as much as he loved this woman, he loved this guy? Isn't that something? So Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. <laughs> oh man, if he only knew, you would have soiled his trousers. And look at this, he said, teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Say love him. Love him. Say it again, say love him. love him. Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Well, he rightly judged this time. <laughs> then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. How much do you have to cry to be able to wash something with your tears? Is it, is it a little sniffle? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what's amazing to me? My mom's calling me. Mom, I can't answer right now. <laughs> Actually, can I answer this really quick? Sorry. Hey, Mom. Yeah, I'm preaching right now. <laughs> Say what? Yeah, I'm for real. I got to hang up. Everyone's judging me. 
All right, she says hello, everyone. Or he says hi. All right, I, I love you too. All right. All right, bye. Always answer when your mom calls. <clears throat> How much do you have to cry to wash somebody's feet with your tears? And here's what's fascinating. I've never answered a phone call while preaching. That was great. <clears throat> um, well, here's what's fascinating to me. What had Jesus done for her up until this point? What miracle did Jesus do for her before this happened? What sign did he perform before her heart was wrecked? What forgiveness did he offer her and extend to her before she came to the table? Literally not a single thing. He hadn't done one thing for her, but yet her heart was so moved. It says that when she found out, when she, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask and fragrant oil, she couldn't help but know that he was sitting at the table and she wasn't. And he didn't even do a thing for her yet. How many of us wait to bring him worship until he's done something for us? How many of us wait to do what he told us to do until we see a little bit of fruit first? How many of us wait to do what he's called us to do until we finally feel encouraged enough? He didn't do anything for her, not a single thing. Yet, all she had to do was be in his very presence and weep to the point of washing his feet. And she didn't stop there. She took her hair and she dried his feet. And guess what? His feet weren't clean. He was wearing open shoes full of dirt and debris. Who knows what was going on in there? She takes her hair, guys, her hair, and begins to dry his feet, and he didn't even do anything yet. If anything, she put herself out on the line. She went to a dinner she wasn't invited to, brought oil that was super expensive, and completely interrupted the meal, and he didn't do a single thing for her yet. When is the last time you have wept and ministered onto the Lord without him having done a single thing for you? You just walked in your prayer room and you're just like, oh God, I just, I love you so much, I can't help it. And you're just gone. You're just gone for hours. I'll be honest with you, it's been too long for me. It's been too long for me. And I'll tell you this too, I don't think Jesus is mad about that. I think he's lovesick. How many know he's coming for a bride? He's coming for a bride. Yes, we're an army, and I thank God for that. But it says he's coming for a bride. Now, guys, don't freak out. It doesn't mean that we're uh, women or, or whatever. Like, I just want to make that really clear. <laughs> yeah, Pastor Shar with the dancing queens. Let's go. We're not dancing queens. Because he's the king, yeah, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> um, no, but Jesus literally, like, I think sometimes, because first of all, we're a charismatic church if you haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> sometimes God touches people and they fall under the pow his power, okay? And that's just, it happens and it's uncomfortable, I get it. Uh, people do pray in tongues here. We believe in miracles, signs, and wonders. We believe in the entire gospel. We believe in the whole Bible from cover to cover. That's who we are. And sometimes we even feel uncomfortable with some of it, but we just say, yes, Lord, even so come. So that's, that's who we are. But um, um, sometimes we can like take the bride thing like almost to a literal sense. But I just wanna emphasize like the Lord designed marriage. And he designed it to be literally the closest, most intimate relationship humanly attainable. 
Because when you get married, unlike what culture is doing right now, it's not like I'm going to try it before I buy it thing. It's not like I'm going to sign this piece of paper, but it's voidable at any time. No, marriage is a covenant, is what the Bible says. It's a covenant between man and woman. So the Lord was borrowing from his own design, taking the highest pinnacle form of relationship that he could possibly draw from, and then he put you and I in that picture. That's what he's trying to say. Like, this is the covenant and the relationship that he wants with us, saying, hey, guess what? I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You know? And what's fascinating is, is remember, remember, um, when the Pharisees, or maybe it was the Sadducees, they came to Jesus and they're like, hey, can we, uh, what do you say about divorce or whatever? Like Moses, he gave us the certificate of divorce. What say you kind of a thing? You remember that? What did Jesus say? He said, well, Moses gave that to you because your hearts were hard. But if there's marital unfaithfulness, so be it. So he gave an out in marriage if there's marital unfaithfulness. Say yes. What's fascinating is that in my marriage with Jesus, I personally have been unfaithful to him, but he's not once divorced me. He's never given up on me. So even though he gives us an out of that covenant, his covenant with us, he's never, he's never leaving it. Isn't that awesome? You're like, yeah, but I've, done, I've screwed up so much. It's been over and over and over again. Remember Gomer? Remember Gomer? I know it's a weird name, but Gomer. She was, if I'm not mistaken, she was a prostitute. And uh, who was the guy, Hosea? Hosea went and married Gomer, right? Correct me if I get any of this wrong. I haven't studied this in a while, so it might be a little bit foggy. But uh, he goes and marries Gomer, and then Gomer leaves and then goes back to prostitution. How many husbands would go back and get her and be like, oh, let's go back, honeymoon again, what do you say? Okay, nobody. But what did Hosea do? He took her back and he loved her. A picture of Jesus with us. No matter how unfaithful you've been, no matter how far you've gone, Jesus is in love with you and he'll never give up on you and he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you. The door is wide open. What happens is we leave, he doesn't. So all we gotta do is just come back. It's amazing, isn't it? So here's this woman, this nameless, the famous nameless woman. It's funny how the guy gets the name, but she doesn't. And he's the one that completely missed it. I think there's something to, to that. Um, let's go to verse 44. Are you, are you doing okay tonight? Okay. Amy, could I get you on the keyboard, please? Verse 44, it says, then he turned, this must be a bummer to be the piano player. It's like, I just wanted to sit down. <laughs> I was just trying to read my Bible and you take me away and put me at the piano. <laughs> so funny. <sighs> then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. How many know you can host, you can invite Jesus, but not host him? I said, you can invite Jesus, but not host him. Simon did not host him. Simon only invited him. May we invite him and host him. And may we host him well. <sighs> you gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. It's fascinating to me that he didn't say, her sins are forgiven, for she washed my feet with her tears. He didn't say, Your sins are for, her sins are forgiven, for she wiped my feet with her hair. Her sins are forgiven for she kissed my feet from the moment I came in. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say her sins are forgiven for she anointed my feet with oil, with fragrant oil, therefore her sins are forgiven. No, he didn't say that. What did he say? 
See, our, our, our actions in worship are simply the fruit of an overwhelming love within us. If you raise your hands in worship, but you have not love, if you bow on your face because you feel like you're supposed to, but you have not love, I'll let Paul say it better than me, as always. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. How many know sounding brass and clanging cymbals are annoying if they're not Sam playing? Right? Clanging cymbals are annoying. One time I read this and the Lord's like, if you can speak in tongues, but you have not love, you're annoying. The Lord talks to me like a football coach. I don't know why, but it works out okay. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me, what? Nothing. So if I get this right, I can be a tongue-talking, angel-tongue-talking, prophetic, mystery-knowing, all-knowledgeable, all-faith-filled, super-duper-generous, and a martyr, but if I have not love, I am unprofitable, annoying, and nothing. He says, therefore, Simon, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. Tonight, Jesus wants our love, and that's all that he's looking for. He doesn't care how it manifests. He doesn't care what it sounds like. He doesn't care what it looks like. All that matters is that we love him. That's all he wants. And you think, well, I... I I feel deficient in my love for him, if I'm being honest. Maybe you're here tonight, maybe you're watching online and you feel that way. You're like, gosh, I wanna be there, but I'm not. I have great news for you. It's not about whether or not you can muster up the love. It's not even up to you. Am I talking to anybody or am I just yelling for no reason? 1 John chapter four. It says, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has manifest, sorry, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Watch, listen very carefully. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. In verse 19, it says, we love him because he first loved us. If you feel deficient in the love of God and you wish that you would love him more, my friend, the answer is not you trying harder. It's not you going to church more. It's not you spending more time in your prayer closet. It's not reading more of the scripture. It's not memorizing more of the scripture. It's not tithing more. No, it is encountering his love for you letting him lavish you with his love. That's the answer, nothing else. This is love, that he first loved us. It's not that I loved him. It's not even that we loved God. Our love for him is just simply the response to his love for us. How many of it takes all the work right out of it? Aren't you thankful? Oh, it's amazing. Jesus wants to set us free tonight. Set us free from striving and trying and all of the works that we get wrapped up in. How many have ever felt like, I feel so far from God, I need to pray more? Two of us. How many have ever felt like, well, I, I guess I better fast more? How many felt like, man, I better read my Bible more, I better memorize more scripture. Maybe I need to amp up my giving. Maybe I need to share my faith a little bit more often. 
How many know those are all good things and we need to do them? But we do them out of the overflow of God's affection for us. Our actions are the manifestation of our affections. Our actions are the manifestations of our affections. So whatever I'm doing, it reveals the affections of my heart. And if my affections are sick or distracted or if they've been hijacked in some way, God can redeem that. All he needs me to do is notice it and cry out to him. Verse 48 in Luke 7 says, then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. See, he had already proclaimed it to Simon about her because he was looking at Simon when he was talking about her. But then he wanted to make it personal. So then he looks at her and says, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, here we go again, who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, just neglecting, he chose not to even answer that this time. And he said, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Can you imagine? Could you stand with me, please? And can we actually turn off the lights? Or whatever lights we can, maybe like the worship style or whatever. Lord, thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. I believe there are four categories that we can find ourselves in. The first category is, I don't want God at all, okay? This is the category that the world is in or they're just not interested at all, at least so they think. The second category is I kind of want God. I kind of want God. I kind, like I'm willing to go to church every now and then, Christmas, Easter kind of a thing, and I'm willing to, uh, I don't know, maybe, uh, I don't know, listen to a sermon that my wife sends me sometimes. But other than that, I just, I, 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 I I want them enough to like kind of go to church, but I don't want them enough to actually make real changes in my life. The third category is I want to want God. And that is where I believe tonight many people are, whether you're here tonight or whether you're watching online. It's like, you would, you would say it like this. I really want God. Like I want to be like that woman that we read about tonight. But if I'm being honest, my affections have been stolen. I want to want God, but if I'm being honest, I really just wanna, I've been wanting to go home to watch Netflix or the, whatever it may be for you, I don't know. It's like you've wanted to want God, but you're just stuck. And you're like, if I could just get unstuck, I would love that, but I can't help, but I'm stuck. And the fourth category is all I want is God. That's all I want. And that is the category that we are all called to dwell and live in from today through eternity. Would you close your eyes, please? I want you to have the, you have the invitation here tonight. I believe God is giving this to you as a love note from his throne to your heart in this very moment. And you say, well, gosh, I'm a cell leader. I don't wanna, I don't wanna be, that'd be a bad look. Forget about that. I'm a pastor and I've been, in, I've been in that category myself as a pastor, okay? So let's just throw that out the door. You're like, well, I'm on the worship team. Doesn't matter. Our titles are irrelevant. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. You're like, well, I've done this plenty of times. Good, do it again. Do it again. Listen, if you're here tonight and you identify with that category three or two or even one and you feel the Lord compelling your heart towards him tonight, it would be a shame to refuse him. 
You better believe he's gonna keep knocking on your door if you leave here without responding. He's not gonna give up on you. He never will. But why would you want to walk away? So here's what I wanna do. I want to invite you to come forward, to find a spot at the altar, to hit your knees before Jesus, and just be honest with him if that's you. If you have been feeling like you're category one, two, or three, and you're like, man, I have just been distant, I've been calloused, I have been hard-hearted, I just feel separated, any of the things that I've mentioned tonight, now is your moment to respond to him. And you say, well, why do I gotta come up front? Because Jesus, he died publicly. He didn't die secretly. He died publicly. It's a move of faith, as Pastor Shar was saying tonight when David said, bless the Lord, oh my soul. It's like you're telling your soul, no, 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 the Holy Spirit's in charge tonight. Jesus is in charge tonight. He is my master. So I wanna invite you right now to come forward if that's you. Just come find a spot. Come find a spot. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for drawing your people home tonight. Lord, thank you that you have not, your love, the well of your love has not run dry. The affections of your heart for your people have not run out. You are madly in love with every single person here. You might be here and maybe you're in category four, but you just want a fresh, fresh touch from him. I wanna invite you to come forward as well. And when you get up here, I just want you to communicate to God your own heart. Be honest with him. Just be honest. Tell him the things that have been stealing from you. Tell him the things that have been making you feel dead inside. Tell him why it's taken this long to actually respond. Just be real with him. He's big enough to handle it. He's big enough to handle it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, precious son of God, you are here and you're touching every heart. Oh, mighty king. Oh, mighty king. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Oh, Lord, some of, some of you are even thinking, it's like you've thought to yourself, I just want to be held. There's a man here, and it's like that, you've actually felt that. It's like, I just want to be held. It's like you've longed for the, the security of the Lord's embrace, and you haven't felt it in a long time. Well, he's here tonight to embrace you. He's here to hold you. And that goes for women as well, but there is a, there's a man here tonight who's been feeling that. It's like you just haven't melted in his arms in so long. Oh, but tonight is your night. And he's holding you close. If you didn't come up front, would you just begin to pray? Would you begin to just worship the Lord wherever you are? Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Some of you are exhausted. You're just tired. You're tired. You've been worn out. And it's because you've been trying to do it yourself. And the Lord wants to exchange the exhaustion with his affection for you. So let him just love you tonight. Let him love you tonight. Some of you haven't cried in a, in a long time and you just wish you would. Oh Lord, I pray that you would just touch that heart. Touch that heart deeply in the way only you can. Thank you, Lord. There's some here who are, are, in, are in leadership and you've served so faithfully and you're tired. And I feel like the Lord is saying, this is just the beginning. And I feel like, it's like I can even see him dropping rose petals before you into your prayer room. And it's like you've just kind of, it's like you've gotten so busy with really good things, honestly, really good things. It's like you're trying to take care of your, your body. You're trying to, um, take care of your marriage. You're trying to take care of your ministry that you're that you're a part of, that you're leading. 
but it's, it's actually slowly whittled away at your time alone with him. And he's drawing you back to that place. He's drawing your heart back to that place tonight. And it's like he would say to you that your ministry to him in your prayer room that nobody sees is way more precious to him than all of the other things that you do. And he wants you to know that. front, but you wish you did, I want to invite you. I feel like there's there's a few here tonight that it's like, you know what, I, I'm resisting. I know I'm resisting. Stop resisting. Just come. Come and be refreshed tonight and watch those chains come off of you in a moment. Don't delay. Don't wait. If you came here with somebody and you feel like you want to come up don't wait for them. Just come. I'm not asking you to come up to me. I'm not asking you even to come up to the altar. I'm asking you to come up to the lover of your soul. The one who literally bled and died so there would be no distance between. The one with the nail-pierced hands. With the scars above his brows that bore the crown of thorns. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Just, just give them your affection tonight. If you have to go, you have to go. Don't worry, it's, it's okay. But I just don't want, I don't want to, I don't want anybody, I don't want to miss this. Oh, Lord, we just want you. We just want you. We just want you, God. Nobody else, nothing else. We've tried so many other things, they all fall short. Well, come on, just worship him wherever you're at. Unless you're having a, a moment with him intimately, don't change that, but don't just sit there. Just give him something. Give him something tonight. Give him your alabaster jar tonight, would you? Give him your oil tonight. that's here tonight that's been struggling. Lord, I thank you. It's like, it's like you've had these, these uh, offenses between you and you just, need to, you just need to talk. You just need to talk and share it with each other and pray for each other. I feel like the Lord's specifically saying that. There's a mom who's got kids and you've been wondering if you're doing a good enough job, if you should be doing something different. And I feel like the Lord would tell you that you're doing a great job. You're doing a way better job than you think. The best way to love them is to love Jesus.
I even feel like there's somebody here who's like you've been having just these tormenting thoughts, thoughts of all kinds of stuff, stuff that if you said them out loud, you would be so embarrassed and you would be absolutely ashamed. Well, the Lord wants to set you free of those thoughts tonight. There's, it's just this, it's just a demonic assignment to try to keep you from your God-given purpose. And I rebuke that spirit in Jesus' name, that tormenting voice, Lord. Even that spirit of suicide, I curse it in Jesus' name and I command you to lift and loose right now. In Jesus' name, now. Oh, you shall, you will not live, you will not die, you will live and you will declare the works of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you. You're not a quitter, you're a fighter. You're a lover. Oh, thank you, Lord. And Lord, I just pray for a fresh touch of your spirit for that person right now. Fresh, a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit to embolden them to think differently. You've not given us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. So thank you, God, for quickening the mind of Christ within them. Thank you, Lord. The days of sabotage are over for you. That mental sabotage, that's over. You, you watch, you're gonna leave here and you're gonna be thinking differently. Thank you for it, God. front or if you are up front and you want to just find somebody really quick get in just groups of two or three and pray if you're up front and you're having a moment with the Lord don't don't leave that just stay put but otherwise or wherever you are if you're having a moment with God don't leave that but um, find find somebody get in groups of two or three and just begin to pray for each other we absolutely adore you we absolutely adore you, and we thank you for being amazing. Lord, we are not in any way, shape, or form have we been able to earn this unconditional love that you've offered us, but we gladly accept it. And Lord, I pray that tonight would be a launching pad for every single one of us into brand new dimensions of your love. Lord, I pray that every single person that's here tonight, those watching online, those listening to the recording, those at home, Lord, I pray that every single one would have a fresh experience with your radical love. More than ever before, God, one, uh, an experience with your love that transcends everything else. Oh God, thank you for it. Thank you for it. And I just feel this one last thing. I feel like the Lord would say that he's willing to do it. He's willing. Oh, he's willing. We just have to do our part. And all that is is to fix your gaze upon him. And the Holy Spirit's gonna teach you how to do that in a brand new way, in a brand new fresh way. It's gonna be like a brand new season and it's gonna be really beautiful. So some of you um, who have been in a, in a tough season, you're coming out of that thing tonight. I promise you, as you walk out of the threshold of these doors tonight, you are walking into a new season. You're walking into a new season of dynamic proximity to the person of Jesus. Even if you don't remember everything that was, this, is, this goes beyond your brain, this is a spirit thing. So Lord, we just thank you and we bless you for it. You are awesome, God. Say, Jesus, I love you. I really love you. But I only love you because you first loved me. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name. Oh, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Praise God. Are you glad you came tonight?
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.